the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. It should be noted, most people know this, but in the world of hysteria, which is the oxygen of the left, hysteria, you will notice that, correct? All we do is go from hysteria to hysteria. The country would be in really relaxed, loving shape were it not for the left's hysteria. I didn't read to you yesterday about the number of young people who are apparently suffering psychological effects from fearing that they will die in the heat of global warming. That's hysteria. Very few people deny that the earth is getting warmer. We don't deny that. We're cold deniers. We never deny that. We deny that it is an existential threat to biological life. It's another left-wing lie because that's the way they can get people hysterical and get what they want. The lockdowns were hysteria. The closing of schools was hysteria. The mask mandates was hysteria or were hysteria, if you will. We don't lack for them. The latest is Roe v. Wade. In the largest states of the Union, by and large, nothing will change. Roe v. Wade was, and a handful of pro-choice Professors of law acknowledged this over the course of the years, like Lawrence Tribe, who's a left-winger at Harvard, to his credit, said it was a bad decision. Nobody even debates whether it was a good decision. They debate whether they like the decision. It's a big difference between liking a decision and a good decision. It, it would have struck the most intelligent and moral individuals of the past as bizarre that the Supreme Court of the United States saw in the U.S. Constitution a right to have an abortion under any circumstance. It is unique in in the world of morality, and I'm not invoking religion or God. An atheist could understand and appreciate and agree with everything I'm saying. 
This has nothing to do necessarily with God or the Bible or religion. This is pure logic and morality. We have created a right that doesn't exist as in hinted at. The flimsy excuse of the court in Roe v. Wade, a right to privacy. What does that mean? So in private you could do what is wrong? Is there another example of this? The, is, is there no legitimacy to the idea that a, a, an unborn, whatever you wish to call it, has a right to life? Dogs have a right to life. You can't just kill dogs. In, in, on the left, you would be regarded as far more evil if you killed dogs than if you killed at the, at the last trimester, if you, if you ran an abortion clinic in the last trimester. It is, I was going to say, the only case that I know of, if there's another, I would, I would really want you to tell me because I don't want to repeat something that is not correct. It is the only instance that I know of where the individual determines the rightness or wrongness of an act that affects another and that the society has no say. You understand, it's infinitely precious that which a woman carries, that being, if she wants it. It is infinitely worthless if she doesn't. Why does she get to determine it? Because she's carrying it? So what? It, 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 I have never understood the logic of that. I carry it, therefore I determine whether it lives or dies. Hmm. Why? And that's, that's the issue. There's another issue. The leak. I think this is unprecedented. There is nothing that some leftist will not do in order to further a left-wing cause. Right and wrong are determined by whether or not the action furthers our cause. There is no transcendent right or wrong because you can't think of an example where the left has condemned the left for doing something. You can lie for two years about Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. When it is found that you lied for two years, you move on to another lie. You don't condemn those who participated in it. Have any of them been condemned? Woe unto those who call good evil and evil good. I've never quite frankly understood the hysteria over the abortion issue. You, you voluntarily got pregnant. Then you say, well, what about rape or incest? Or incest is a form of rape. I, I would be perfectly willing, and so would the pro-life community, to compromise on that issue. 
even though, in, in, in theory, of course, an unborn who is the result of rape is, is, is as valuable as the unborn, the result of love. That is true. It doesn't affect the, the status of the unborn. But for the sake of peace in the country, it, it is inevitable that compromise on one's ultimate moral decision-making would, would in fact be necessitated. I spoke to a right-to-life group in Illinois this past weekend, and a very large group, and the, uh, they, uh, they applauded when I said, in rape and incest, you know, one, one can't push after a certain point, and they applauded. Did you know that? It was very interesting to me. And again, everybody who thinks the unborn is a human, at, at least at some stage, like perhaps brainwaves and heartbeat, uh, understands that the child, as I said, who was conceived in rape is infinitely precious. Nevertheless, most people pro-life would compromise. So I return. You've had intercourse. You've produced a child. There is undoubtedly, in almost every case of a newborn, somebody willing to adopt the child, and you prefer to kill it. That's what it is. I mean, the, the word abortion is an odd word uh, in that it obfuscates what is taking place. By the way, for the record, I don't get any, uh, I get a lot of my values uh, from the Bible. In abortion, I get it from logic. I, I don't understand why it's worthless, why it's a mushroom, until the moment it's born. It's never been explained to me, because there is no explanation. A woman having the right to do what she wants with her own body is, in fact, correct, and it's a non sequitur. It's not her body. It's in her body. There's no reference to religion here. The fact that religious people line up on that side only proves that there's more moral logic in the religious world in the United States than in the secular world. That's all it says, but it doesn't say that you need religion in order to say this. There's another thing that could be pushed, and that is full disclosure. I think that every uh, I think that every woman going for, I don't say birthing person, every woman who goes for an abortion should be told and shown what it is she's aborting. One eight Prager seven seven six. The Dennis Prager Show. Many people own coins that have not performed as well as they'd expected. Some own coins that have done better than they expected. Or maybe you just want to cash out and do something else with the money. Markets change, and to understand the current value of your precious metals portfolio, you should get a new valuation. So I'd like to tell you about my friend, and he is, otherwise I never use that term, Nick Rovich. Came my friend because I so admire his honesty and integrity and knowledge of the coin world, of the gold world, the silver world. He's owner of Amfed. 
Fed, Coin, and Bullion for over 40 years. Nick has built a reputation for trust and honesty, and his goal is to earn your business for life. Nick won't push you to sell, but when you're ready, I believe he offers the best price, trade, and consignment deals compared to anyone. Right now, Nick and the AmFed team are offering their exclusive coin performance review for free. That's right, free, with a no-pressure guarantee from Nick. Call Nick at 800-221-7694. That's 800-221-7694. Mike in Glendora, hello. Last night in uh, <clears throat> Povina, uh, 2,000 Mules, it, what a great movie. Um, I just can't say enough. You, you happened to get the loudest applause during the movie. There were, there were two, two spots, hmm. and uh, you got the best. But I was Im- impressed with the forensic guy. Um, the geolocation, uh, if people don't know, uh, will be educated beyond belief on what happens with your iPhone. Uh, it is absolutely, you know, shows the fraud involved. And, you know, one of the one of the things that was uh, shown was that it was kind of criminal. Uh, I, did, I did have a couple of questions afterwards about it. But the, the last election was not secure. And this is, shows it beyond belief. Well so said. Well, yes, thank you. Well said. That's right. It was not secure. Everything was done to undermine Election Day sending out of tens of millions of ballots, including the people who never, mostly people who never requested them, dropping them off at ballot boxes in the, at 3 a.m. All of this is shown, actually. There is no instance, just as I have said, there is no instance of the left being in power and not suppressing free speech. From Lenin in 1917 to your universities today, There is no example of the left being in power and allowing free speech, meaning dissent. There is no dissent allowed. Anything that obstructs the power of the left is to be squashed, and that includes elections if necessary. We used to have an election day. Why do we now have an election month? That Republicans have on occasion gone along with it, only tells you that Republicans don't always fight for this country. Many do, many don't. It's a very real problem. I will say the Republican Party is better today than 25 years ago when it was Democrat light. But the fact is that people have gone along with the destruction of Election Day. There was something very beautiful about confining the vote to one day. It was very good for the country, for the democracy, for the republic. There was something very beautiful about standing in line and waiting with fellow Americans to exercise our right to vote. There was something beautiful in the belief that your vote actually counted and that there was not widespread cheating. I, if I were an honorable Democrat, and there are some, but there don't seem to be any, or almost any, uh, in, I would say that Joe Manchin uh, has exhibited honor, and so has, uh, what's Cinema's first name? Kristen Cinema. But, but in general, 
the the destruction of election day has gone forward i was going to say if i were an honorable democrat i would be for all the investigations possible about the 2020 election if a serious percentage of the country does not believe that an election was fully honest we need to put them to rest there will be always a percentage of people no matter what evidence you would show to the contrary who who will believe that the election was not honest okay that is true but there are many of us including myself who would welcome a serious investigation and only follow what logic and facts led me to follow. By the way, for the record, I would like to believe it was an honest election. The thought that I live in this beloved country of mine and that we have descended into third world corruption on that level is so scary, it's just so painful I am hoping it was an honest election. I have, I have a feeling that most Republicans would agree with me. We hope it was an honest election. Anyway, you should see the film May 7th. And it's, it's streaming. Go to 2000mules.com. Yes. talking about the left I mean my hatred of the invasion of Ukraine is second to none but for the leading Democrats of the United States of America to go to Ukraine and say that we can, we will not go back to the status quo ante the status quo before the invasion that we are here to win as opposed to we're here to protect Ukraine. And you have a, I I think the man is somewhat of a crackpot, Putin, who has a, who's a dictator with the largest nuclear arsenal on earth. I think rhetoric is important. I think that a part of the staggering bellicosity of of the Democrats, the party that is completely on board with making deals with a truly evil regime in Iran. The greatest sponsor of terror on earth, can't say that about Russia. They're, they're, they're totally happy to make deals with them. I think the hatred of Putin, secondarily how bad he is, and it's primarily because they still believe he colluded in defeating Hillary Clinton. You know, a lot of big mess. The big mess. I'm Dennis Prager. We'll continue to try to clarify it. The Dennis Prager Show. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. 
He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. Did you know that the United States, since Roe v. Wade, has had the most liberal, or if you will, left-wing views and laws on abortion in the world? So let's compare America to Europe. When you see all this hysteria from the Democrats which is, I think, not completely, but largely politically inspired. They they seem to be facing a calamity in November, and they see this as their way out. Vote for us, and not the woman-suppressing Republicans. By the way, in every poll I have seen, more women are pro-life than men. I'd like you to hear a video that Prager University put out years ago by Alicia Krauss, and it's titled, Who's More Pro-Choice, Europe or America? And I would ask you to send this to, it's free of course, I would ask you to send this to every person who thinks that a calamity has just or will just take place. The leak is unprecedented, but it is not at all surprising. There are no rules in the world of the left if it can advance a leftist cause. But putting that aside, if the leak is accurate, if this is the way the vote will take place, I'd like you to send this to everyone you know and have them realize that we are the most radically non-judging, legally speaking, of abortion, of late-term abortion included. In in, uh, I think the world, maybe maybe one or two countries, is similar to the U.S. But certainly, the countries that people on the left hold up as models for the United States do not have anywhere near the allowance for abortion that we have had since Roe v. Wade. So please listen. American progressives look to Western Europe as the model of what America should be. So here's an area of European social policy that progressives will definitely want to examine more closely. Europe's attitude toward abortion it happens to be much more restrictive than that of the United States. That's right. Western Europeans, as progressive and secular as they are, 
have a much more conservative attitude about abortion than American progressives do. Here is what Emily Matcher wrote in the Atlantic magazine in 2013. Quote, I assumed that Western Europe would be the land of abortion on demand. But, as it turns out, abortion laws in Europe are both more restrictive and more complicated than that. Waiting periods, decried by American pro-choicers as unreasonably burdensome, are common. Close quote. In Germany, for example, nearly all abortions are illegal after 12 weeks. And there's a three-day waiting period and mandatory counseling before a woman is allowed to have an abortion, even during the permitted first 12 weeks. That's more restrictive than Texas. In the U.S., abortions are legal in every state before a pregnancy has reached its 20th week. After that, some restrictions do kick in. Eleven states prohibit abortion after the 20th week of pregnancy. Twenty states prohibit abortions at the point of viability, which is when a baby can survive outside the womb. They usually recognize that as being 23 to 25 weeks. Three states prohibit abortion after the 28th week, and seven states plus Washington, D.C., allow abortions to be performed at any point in a pregnancy, even if the mother could safely give birth to a viable and healthy baby. But in Belgium, like Germany, abortions are permissible only until the 12th week. After that, an abortion is permitted only if the woman's life is in danger. Furthermore, any woman getting an abortion must wait six days after her first medical consultation before an abortion can be performed. Denmark is similar. After 12 weeks, all sorts of restrictions apply. Pregnant women in Finland also have until the 12th week of pregnancy to get an unrestricted abortion, and during those first 12 weeks, a woman must provide a compelling reason for ending her pregnancy. In France, too, Abortion on demand is legal only up to 12 weeks, after which it becomes much more difficult. Socialist Sweden allows abortions until the 18th week of pregnancy and bans most after the 22nd week. In that four-week gray period, a woman can get an abortion, but only if it is approved by the National Board of Health and Welfare. In the Netherlands, before having an abortion, a woman has to wait five days and attend a counseling session in which she must be informed of the different options available to her, including taking the pregnancy to term and giving her baby up for adoption. A minor under the age of 18 cannot have an abortion at any time unless she has the consent of her parents. And in Norway in 2014, a major controversy erupted after it was revealed that, since 2001, 17 babies had been aborted after 22 weeks the legal cutoff point in that country. That wouldn't merit a paragraph in a local U.S. newspaper, let alone start a media firestorm. So why is it that abortion laws in the United States are so extreme relative to those in Europe? Why is it that progressive politicians in the United States work tirelessly to fight back any restrictions on abortion, even partial birth abortion? That's the procedure during which a fully viable baby is almost completely delivered, except for the head, before being killed? And why is it that what is unacceptable to socially enlightened Europeans is fully acceptable to American progressives? Europeans seem to recognize that abortion is a complex moral issue, that ending a life after a certain point in a pregnancy 
does not reflect well on a society. Why is it so hard for American progressives to recognize the same? I'm Elisha Krauss for Prager University. Pretty remarkable, no? It's titled, Who's More Pro-Choice, Europe or America? It's obviously up at PragerU. I mean, did you hear that? Netherlands, Belgium, Denmark, Sweden, Finland. Secular societies. And they're far more restrictive. Are they anti-women in Finland? Is Finland notorious for misogyny? Sweden, Denmark? I mean, these are, these are the... I, uh, idyllic societies for people who call themselves progressives. This is why, by the way, in Europe, including France, I mean, it was astonishing, of course, like many many big stories in the onslaught of hysteria over so many issues, it's lost. But Macron decried the importation of American woke values into France. For the first time in American history, America is is an exporter, a net exporter of despicable ideas. Even the radically secular government of France, laicization is the term they use, the, the removal of any vestige of public religiosity, can do what you want privately, but they want it to be a secular society. That's what I keep telling you. You don't need God and religion, and I am saying this as a God-centered religious man, but you don't need God and religion to tell you that abortion for no other reason than the woman doesn't want the baby is moral at all times. Why is that not obvious? And I don't have an answer. I don't know. Why is it not obvious? Is she getting rid of a pimple? The language of pro-choice is, let a woman remove a pimple. But it is not a pimple. It, It is a human life at some point. At some point. I would be willing to go along with the, the 12 week rule or whatever the, the time till, uh, till uh, heartbeat and brain waves are detected or, or, or some other point. Absolutely. But they're not willing. Till the, till the end of the ninth month, a woman should be allowed to say, I wish to kill this baby. I don't understand that. Neither do they. That's the irony. We shall return. The Dennis Prager Show. In November of 2020, the Democrats were up to no good. Apparently, they were planning to pull off some degree, maybe decisive degree, of election fraud. Well, they might have been caught. Find out what they did and how they did it in the new documentary film called 2,000 Mules, directed and narrated by renowned filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza, and executive produced by Salem Media Group, with research from TrueTheVote.org. 2,000 Mules tells the story of those who tried to hijack a presidential election. 
You'll see actual video surveillance tapes. You will see how their cell phones were tracked to box after box as they got paid to carry out this illegal scheme. Watch the movie and decide for yourself. Attend a limited release premiere of 2,000 Mules on May 2 or May 4. Check your local listings and get your tickets today at 2000mules.com. That's the number 2000mules.com. have massive intellectual ammunition. That's why they don't debate us. PragerForHillsdale.com. I'm Dennis Prager. You would think that the, if indeed the leak, which is another breaking of one of the foundations of our society by the left, you would think that the Supreme Court ruled that abortion is illegal, if this is what the Supreme Court rules. There's nothing at, at all like that. All it said was the federal government should not have a say in this matter because there's no right to privacy in the Constitution and because right to privacy is irrelevant to the issue. You, every, not every, but vast numbers of, of immoral unethical activity is done privately. Most people don't murder in in public. They don't they don't embezzle in public. It's an absurd it was an absurdity when it was passed. It did horrible damage to this country, Roe v. Wade. Completely gratuitous creator of of a rift in this country. The reason we have federalism, in other words, power to states, is so that that the the founders brilliantly understood we don't have a monopoly on what is right. None of us does, including those of us who are conservative. We may well be wrong. We understand that. So you allow these issues to be debated by the American people and decided in each state. Then there are moral laboratories, in this case 50 of them, That's the ideal. The ideal of the left is to give the federal government more and more and more and more and more and more power. It's never enough, never enough. California will have unrestricted abortion and is promised to pay for people who come to the state to have an abortion. And that doesn't change. Uh, If this is the decision of the Supreme Court, that won't change or New York, or Illinois, or any other left-wing state, Oregon, Washington. But it, it, the, it doesn't suffice for the left. Everybody must live under their moral system. Everybody must be coerced to. You, you can't tell... Mississippi, what to rule on abortion? Who are you? That's the issue here, or one of the many issues. I do remind you of the overriding one, that the issue of whether a viable, we'll just start with viability. Does a viable human fetus not constitute a human life? I don't, I don't have any interest in the debate when does human life begin? All right? 
I'm totally okay with compromise on that. You think it's three months? Fine, three months. Think it's viability? Okay, viability. But the left doesn't doesn't entertain any of those as possibilities. The the woman can kill it five minutes before the child would be coming out into the world. They don't debate that stuff. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Let me try to answer some so I can open up some more lines. So Daniel in Kentucky, should abortions be okay up to when heartbeat is detectable? I would be willing to to allow for that. I am willing to compromise in the issue uh, under the rubric of the guiding principle that I mentioned earlier, that when you've grabbed everything, you've grabbed too much. You end up with nothing. I want the society to make a statement to every one of its citizens, like Belgium, like the Netherlands, like Denmark, like Sweden, like Finland, like Germany, like France, we actually believe that what you're carrying is a human. Abortion is a serious moral question. The notion that it is only between the woman and her doctor, first of all, what does doctor have to do with it? I don't understand. I really don't understand that. It's between a woman and her doctor. Or the doctor a doctor's moral arbiters? The doctor is the one who does what the patient asks the doctor to do. I want an abortion, you find an abortion doctor. It was, I've always, it's always struck me as odd language. It's between a woman and her doctor. In any event, it, it's a moral problem. You can't get a single leftist to acknowledge that. For them, this is not a moral issue. If it's in the womb and the woman doesn't want it, it is a pimple. If it is in the womb and the mother wants it, it is infinitely precious. And if you kill it, you can be prosecuted for homicide. How, how, does, that, how, do, how does one explain that? They don't explain it. The, the narcissistic world of the left and the ability to use it to excite the base well, these are the things that matter. I would like to ask Chuck, Chuck Schumer, what do you think of an abortion in the seventh month? What do you really think? I assume, I really do assume he believes in God. I don't know if it's the same God as I do. My God gave the Ten Commandments. I don't know if his did. That's a big difference. But nevertheless, if your God is a moral God, what does your God think of taking the life of that creature, whatever you will call it, Chuck, in the seventh month when it is completely viable. I would, I'd I'd love to ask him, but he won't be asked on CNN. (laughs) 
This is the Ultimate Issues Hour, the third hour of my show each Tuesday. What's happening to boys? You might want to call in. I got a story for Frank Sontag, my distinguished guest. He's the founder of KMG Ministries, which works full-time with reclaiming masculinity for males. The sick attack on masculinity by calling it toxic masculinity. Uh, everything, everything is sick. It's really, everything has been sickened because of my motto. Whatever the left touches, it ruins, and it's ruining boys and girls. I've talked a lot about the the problem caused to females, and we're going to get to that, Frank. But I I asked you the toughest, I think, question, and I just want to explore it for a moment. Given that we all acknowledge the masculinity of American males in the World War II generation, and presumably every generation prior to them, what happened after World War II? So your answer is in the spiritual realm, which I have no argument with. By the way, Frank, this may might blow your mind. You'll, I, I know you'll. It may not blow your mind, but it certainly will interest you and many of my listeners. So I, I am as as almost most of most everybody knows. I am a committed Jew, a religious Jew, believing Jew, writing a Bible commentary for people of every faith. So I take this stuff very seriously. Traditionally, Jews do not believe in the devil as such, or Satan, if you wish. Satan is mentioned in the Old Testament, but uh, it's the uh, the oldest book of the Old Testament in Job, and, and that's pretty much it. Uh, I now entertain the real possibility of a satanic influence in the world. What I saw in the last two years is when I see that people in the tens of millions say men give birth, then uh, that you, you don't even refer to pregnant women any longer. The American Medical Association says pregnant persons, not women. This is not fully rationally explicable. So I just want you to know, I, I find your answer intellectually acceptable. But, we, it's, but I asked you at the very end, Okay, even if it is in the realm of the supernatural, of the, of the transcendent, or the, or the descendant, if you will, if it's devilish, why then? We humans must have made an opening, even if you say it's satanic or Satan-like. We made an opening. So let me, let me offer a quick thesis, and it is ultimately spiritual. With the demise of traditional biblical values in this country, people went berserk. Yes. There was no more guideline. And so when you have no guardrails, intellectual guardrails, you can say men give birth. And they didn't say it immediately, but with with the feminine mystique and Betty Friedan and the, the Marxist under and she came from a Marxist home. She acknowledges she acknowledges it in the feminine mystique. Uh, there was an opening, and the parents gave the opening. And, this, and then I'll shut up because you're the guest. But uh, but it's such a big issue. I just want to bounce these ideas off my friend Frank Sontag. The parents did not teach their children 
what it meant to be a Christian, what it meant to be a Jew, what it meant to be biblical, even what it meant to be American. They, that great generation of masculine men and strong feminine women did not raise a strong generation. That's my theory. On the break, I had time to kind of reflect that question, and I was actually going to ask you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So I thank gave, you for I gave, that. Yeah, well, you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and, and let me just let me just dovetail on that. A very short thought. I don't think it's a, a great non sequitur, but it's something that I couldn't sleep about last night. You've written some Bible commentaries. Wonderful. I got into Exodus last night because Exodus fifteen three is a verse that means a lot to me. For those that don't know, Exodus fifteen three. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Mm-hmm. So warrior. I was raised in the New Age. I don't want to sound, I, I, I would mock people. I don't want to sound like I'm mocking, but we hear God is love. Yes, but is God not a God of war too? Mm. This is something Bless you. people freak out on. Right. Now wait. Again, my thought about evil. How do you confront evil at times? If you don't go to war, Ecclesiastes says this. Solomon was supposedly the greatest mind ever. He said there's a season for everything. We raise up dangerous men at KMG. We recognize there's evil in the world, satanic, spiritual, whatever it is, inside of ourselves. But you talk about the World War II generation. Dennis, they saw evil. They knew it. And as part of the quandary that we're in now, that we've gotten so comfortable in our country, we've turned our back on God, we have all these conveniences and freedoms, we may not know what it really truly means to sacrifice and suffer good, moral, uh, good noble moral causes, to give up your life for the love of someone else. We're asleep. We're under the spirit of delusion right now. We're in big trouble. And I, 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 I'm grateful for you and other voices that say, we need to get back to biblical principles. Biblical masculinity is nothing that will serve culture other than in a positive, powerful way. The family is falling apart. And now I'm going, so I'll be quiet on that. But Exodus 15.3, is not God. I love that. So he, you'll love this. So I, I'm actually thinking of pushing PragerU, and I'm, uh, I'm far from the ruler of PragerU, but uh, I... I I have some influence, and I'm not being cute. I don't, I don't have all the influence, nor do I want it. But uh, I was thinking, why don't we have a billboard campaign and say something like, not just God loves, how about God judges? Oh, amen. That's it. Just God judges. <laughs> I, you know, I'll respond. we got a break here, but absolutely, amen. People, on some intrinsic seminal level, they know. We've turned our back on God. That's right. We'll be back. Frank Sontag, KMG Ministries. The Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.